again, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the AJ Robert Show here live in the studio in our secret location. Today we are joined by Svetlana, all the way from Canada, and I'm really excited to have her on the show because I haven't had a Canadian that's been on that's been really through the thick of it all um, and has witnessed you know some horrendous things that have gone on in Canada over the last couple of years. So. I'm uh, absolutely delighted to have you join us today. Welcome to the AJ Vogue Show and the studio. Yeah, thanks AJ. Thanks for having me and thank you for doing what you're doing. We uh, we need you and your voice and the truth is uh, really important. So thank Yeah, you. Th- oh, you know, it's absolutely my pleasure to, to have you here. Um, so just tell us from the start really, like, you know, March 2020 happened for everyone around the world obviously, but in, in different countries, different things that took place. Obviously we had our fair share of... Uh, Things here in England uh, with lockdowns and, and you know subsequent follow-ons and nonsense from then. Um, what what was kind of like the sort of layout of events over there from March twenty twenty? Yeah, I, you know that'll be a month and a year I'll never forget, and I think none of us will forget it. So actually, my my journey on the pandemic started January twenty twenty twenty. I was on a flight from Vancouver to Hong Kong. And uh, that's when it really started for me. There was somebody on a plane actually heading to uh, Beijing and said he couldn't visit his family because some kind of virus started. And me being a nurse, you know, I was very interested in this mystery virus that is basically shutting down China. So, you know, we got into the conversation. We landed in Hong Kong. There were a lot of protests. Uh, From there, I spent, you know, three months in the Philippines and Bali and witnessing firsthand the start of the pandemic there and the complete fear and chaos. Mm. So beginning in March, uh, my family and I, we we were able to, you know, get out of uh, the Philippines basically four days before the whole country shut down. And I was so glad to get back to Canada thinking that, oh, this is, you know, this is an Asia thing. This is not coming to Canada. And uh, we got back home and uh, me being a registered nurse, we were, I got back to work. Uh, March of 2020 came and I was at work and uh, we were announced that this massive deadly virus was uh, started in Canada. Justin Trudeau, our prime minister, uh, was announcing that we were having this uh, deadly virus from east to west that was basically going to kill mass amounts of people. So everybody get ready. Mm. So um, as a nurse working in primary care at a doctor's clinic in Christina Lake, British Columbia, Canada, um, you know, for two weeks we were doing our emergency prep um, that you know any normal you know healthcare facility would do. Mm. And what was that like then? Because obviously we, we see our fair share of it here in the UK and I could see the fear being pushed out everywhere and we were seeing um, video footage from uh, apparent you know, surgeries in Italy and stuff like that which you know, very quickly found that the same footage was being used all over the world claiming it was from all these different places. Right. Um, you know, so all of those things highlighted just how stupid things were going to get right. for me right. early on. Um, and, and the same with here, you had like anybody who knew a doctor or a, a surgeon or something like that were then preaching what they were saying. So it's like it was just fear, 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 fear everywhere you looked. Um, and is that was did that sort of create a red flag for you? Just like the level of fear that it was creating. Yeah, I mean, for, I'll be honest. For the first two weeks, you know, there was there was a lot that I was like, okay, well, I mean. This could be what they're saying it was, right? You know, I always give you know people the benefit of the doubt. If they're sick, then they're saying they're sick. But 
Um, I remember seeing those the, those footage scenes of Italy, mm. and you know people dying in the ICUs, and they were highly highlighting death so much. Well, you know my my background in nursing, I'm an ICU nurse, so and people get sick and die all the time in the ICU. So my my question was, why are we advertising this now? Mm. You know, why why does this have to be so televised? So and actually, my red flag came uh, two days after the pandemic started in British Columbia, Canada, um, when there was a billing code for COVID nineteen. So a billing code is what the MSP Medical Services Plan gives to the family doctors to build a government for any diagnosis in healthcare. This is how doctors make their money. So everything is a billing code. For example, diabetes has a billing code. Uh, dementia you know, a depression. So everything has a billing code. But two days after Justin Trudeau announced that we had a pandemic on scene, there was a COVID-19 billing code. So for anybody that knows what billing codes, it takes months and months to get something approved um, and then trickled back down to your electronic medical records in all your healthcare facilities across the country. So this is clearly, obviously they knew this was coming in, so to get that authorization would have taken months previous to the countries or your population being told that there's some deadly virus in town. Yeah, it was a very, so to me that was the, my first red flag and the red flags continued and they didn't stop. Mm. Yeah, and it's exactly the same here, And but uh, I think at the same time, I mean, you're in the thick of it with all these medical professionals that have gone through the same medical training um, at a lot of these Rockefeller institutes. Right. You know, that themselves a red flag. Right. You know, uh, but again, uh, it's taken this period, I think, uh, or at least a year for people to actually get to question doctors and nurses' actual training and why they're so hell-bent and focused on pushing that narrative because it's all they know, isn't it? So they have this deep attachment to it. Yeah, that's, that's correct. So the more that I get into this, the more I discover the truth, which allows me to examine you know, what I've been in, involved in the last 25 years, including my five years of nursing education, you know, right down to the textbooks that I read. Who wrote the textbooks? Mm. You know, and you're right, it's the Rockefeller medicine model. Um, though you know, our spirit says the do no harm model of care, which is what I believe these healthcare people who have stood in their truth practice mm. uh, because we did not go along with um, you know the force mandates which which really is the genocide that's happening right yeah. now yeah and obviously we, we've been quite fortunate here in the UK that those mandates didn't get to the level they have in Canada the only well the bigger issue is, is that people in the UK haven't been aware of what's been going on in Canada because obviously the government-owned media it's you know it's and the same in every country it's the same for you guys have never really seen what's been happening in the UK you know, better than televised a million and a half people, you know, marched through the streets of London last summer. You know, they didn't show that anywhere. That's right. Or the Ottawa convoy. Yeah, so, right? you, yeah, so you've got the, the truckers' convoy, which a lot of people in the UK didn't know about, didn't hear about. And was it something like 150,000 people, something like that? At, at least, at least. And how long was the convoy? It was... So the convoy, um, I'm pretty sure initiated, started off in January um, and it all over Canada, right from East Coast to West Coast, everybody left at the same time and met in Ottawa. So, um, you know, that was that was a real turning point for Canada and, and that was when I, I started to be, you know, proud of being a Canadian again yeah, at that point. Absolutely. Um, so, but just maybe we'll back up just a bit regarding the, the mandatory vaccination, mm. which really 
put a huge... Um, and a lot of the, the, these processes were because of this, wasn't it, the mandates? Yeah, so it, the build-up was, you know, um, you know, f uh, free speech, um, pro-choice, no vaccines, no mandatory vaccines. So October of 2021 came along in British Columbia. And as a healthcare professional, if you were not vaccinated, you were terminated from your position. Mm -hmm. So, for example, I'm a nurse. I've been a registered nurse for 22 years in good standing with my college. I, I chose not to take the vaccine, so I lost my position. I was terminated from the healthcare system mm -hmm. just for that reason. And there were 4,000 nurses out of 50,000. So, I mean, even that, that, that is a very large percentage, and if you're just talking shifts alone, shift work and stuff like that, mm -hmm. um, and then if you've got like a large influx of people coming into the, the hospitals, I mean, that itself is calling for collapse. So, and that's exactly what's happening. So, all around the province and the country, but a lot in BC, the, the hospitals are collapsing. Patients are not receiving the, the care they need. The current staff are so burnt out or sick because they had to stay um, or, or they, they, they were double vaccinated and there's a lot sick. So, so mm -hmm. there's no staff to look after the aging and heavy patient population. And they're actually, the nurses who were fired or terminated have been replaced by foreign trained nurses. Um, the government has hired foreign trained nurses have brought them in from other countries. Now we have foreign trained healthcare people not able to speak the language. There's a lot of medication errors happening and it's it's a disaster. So I talked to I talked to what's their, what's their vaccination status though? You have to be now double vaxxed. And that's including the foreign uh they're bringing in okay. Correct. Because yeah. I, yeah, I was gonna say the way the way the world's going it would surprise me if, if they weren't. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, that's what they say, but you're right, who, who, who will ever know that truth, right? So, but Do you think this is part of the wider agenda then? Because we're seeing it in every country, you know, like obviously they tried it, so they have, I mean, Australia and New Zealand have been terrible, what's happened to their staff. I mean, even teachers were told they couldn't run lessons from home over Zoom. If they were vaccinated, right? This, yeah, this is how crazy it's got. Yeah, I mean, same thing. You know, nurses who who were doing like the eight one one calls, like call a nurse hotline. If you weren't vaxxed as one of those nurses, you were also terminated. Uh, right. So there's no common sense. Nothing makes sense. It's all part of the bigger agenda. The strategy is the same globally. Mm. So it's really interesting coming here to the you know the UK from Canada and seeing the exact same timelines, the same stories. Uh, so, you know, this was a plan that was executed at a very high level, really well organized for a long time. And it's like they just put, push the start button and go. The mainstream media is the virus. That is the poison. They are delivering the fear, which has basically paralyzed people. So I'll give you an example. When the pandemic came on scene, uh, March of 2020, um, you know, the, 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 the fear mongering that was delivered to everybody's homes actually made them very anxious. And people started getting short of breath and headaches and chest pain. And they would call the clinic thinking they had COVID-19 virus, right? But really what they had was the anxiety, yeah. right? The fear was creating the anxiety, which was yeah. all these symptoms. And, and the stress, which is one of the biggest causes of making you ill, actually making you sick exactly. yourself. So exactly. we, we know, you know, there's a, a large mixture of stress, exposure to electromagnetic frequency, bad toxins in your food, and you have fluoride in the water, like all those things mixed together. 
a recipe for giving you flu-like symptoms. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. They 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 we've created they've created the model for 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 this for a supposedly a virus, right? Mm. I, I do believe that we we did have a lot of people getting sick. I I believe it was a bioweapon that was released. This did not seem like a a normal sickness. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people lost their sense of taste and their smell for a long period of time. Um, probably one of the worst flus that they've ever had. Um, you know, my motto also too is it's okay for your body to get sick, you know, once in a while because that's how we, you know, strengthen our, our immunity mm -hmm. too. But a lot of people um, were sick for a long time. And then when the vaccines really came to be mandatory and mainstream, then that's when we saw the real hospitalizations. Mm -hmm. That's when the hospitals started filling up because the hospitals were not full like the mainstream media said that they were. And why do I know this is because I talked to the nurses and the doctors in the hospital or I walked through the hospitals and I see firsthand. Mm -hmm. So I don't I don't trust anything that I, I see you know anymore. I have to see it for myself. And that's called real science. Yeah, of course. Right? Uh, not pseudoscience. Um, but again, it's been the, exactly the same here. So like just through the show, this show alone, you know, I've had tons of like people emailing in um, and sending DMs who work in medical establishments stating that this is not the case. What we're seeing now is a massive influx of like vaccine injuries coming in. Um, like so many places here is the case. And then obviously we had the massive issue with the, the these organisations using remdesivir. And I know obviously it was a started in America, but now they've been actively using it here in the UK because like people have basically managed to escape from hospital. Like what is the world coming to? And that's the case because of this particular drug. And then obviously labelling all those deficits. COVID, like they did in all the nursing homes here. Was that a similar thing in Canada? Because I know obviously it was huge in America. Uh, I had Dr. Brian Ardis on who explained about, about the whole situation. You're talking like hundreds of thousands of people have died because of this drug. Because it's been used in Canada to that extreme. It's, it, that's correct. So remdesivir was part of the protocol to treat COVID positive 19 patients in the hospitals. Yeah. So From a fake test. Exactly. From, from these PCR tests that are, are garbage. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, you have so many, you know, false positives or false negatives, mm -hmm. right? I mean, it's, it's, it's a garbage of a test and there was never any Delta or Omicron. That was all just, again, you know, for, 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 for entertainment purposes. Mm -hmm. um, so the part of the protocol uh, included remdesivir and the midazolam that we were seeing, yes. right? So basically the nurses were just following the recipe. And the recipe was a recipe for disaster and, you know, murder. Mm. Do you think that, I mean, obviously, you know, murder is such a big word. Um, do you think that we will see accountability to that extent within the medical profession? I really hope we do. And, and that's part of, you know, why I do what I do, because we need to hold the healthcare um, professionals who, who carried these orders out to account. Mm. I, I don't think there's any way of, you know, somebody saying, oh, I didn't know, or, oh, I was just, you know, following, you know, doctor's orders. Mm. Um, you know, from my entire career, you know, that's, that last call stops at you. For example, you're giving a medication. You have mm. five rules always that you follow when you administer medication. Right patient, right root, right dose, right reason and the right to refuse, mm. right? So this goes back to even the, 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 the jabs, the vaccine. You have the right to refuse. That's, that's your God-given right. Mm. So when that right was taken away uh, from the healthcare professionals, that, that was the, a big red flag mm. for us. So I, I do believe that 
healthcare um, nurses, doctors, respiratory therapists who participated um, and went along, you know, with, with something that I know probably didn't feel right for them, there has to be some sort of accountability. Mm. At, you know, at one point, there just has to be. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, again, like it, it makes me still, or still blows my mind how medical professionals still can't see what's happened here. Yet, people who aren't medically trained as such can clearly see. You know, and do you think that again? There's, a, there's just people clinging onto the training that they've had for many years. Because I mean, if you're a doctor, for example, you're talking like seven to ten years medical training, aren't you? On top of that, on top of what you've already done previous to that in school, which you know we can clearly see it's all left brain learning for a reason. And if anyone's ever spent any time with like a, a, a long term doctor scientist, the, the cognitive skills or even having a normal conversation is quite difficult, isn't it? Because they're so heavily indoctrinated into that one particular subject. But then, as we mentioned before, if you break that down, where did they do the training? Who owns the training schools? You know, who writes the textbooks that we get taught stuff at school? It's a, you know, if you strip that all back, you can actually clearly see it's plain to see what the actual agenda is um, when it comes to the trained staff. So a lot of friends were just, they're literally just parroting what their medical professional friends were saying, weren't they? Because mm -hmm. we've all been through it. I'm sure everybody watching now has like, had people going, well, where's your PhD? You know, where's your, where's your science, science degree? Mm -hmm. And that's all we faced for ages, but mm -hmm. we were just showing people the common sense or the lack of behind it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, have, I have a couple of comments to that. I was married to a family doctor for 20 years. Mm. Uh, I went through the whole medical school, you know, procedure, getting in the whole residency, uh, family doctor, and, you know, basically the end of our marriage um, in March of 2020, when, you know, we had very differing views on this. And, um, you know, the, the, the indoctrination is, is totally correct right from day one. And, and it, it's my belief, based on evidence, is that they... The doctors have been uh, paid for probably the last five to ten years through bonuses mm. um, to basically prep them for this moment in time. And why do I know that? As well, I was married to a family doctor and I took care of the finances, right? I saw where the money was coming in from. I saw these new bodies, you know, in the medical profession being created and basically giving large sums of money to physicians every say three to four months money would just pop into their bank accounts right no longer do you have pharmacy reps coming in and saying oh here's trips to hawaii or here's a check for ten thousand dollars the money just shows up mm. so when the pandemic came on scene all the physicians the college of Phys physicians and surgeons in canada basically deliver messages to all the gatekeepers of the medical system which really are the doctors saying this is the line in the sand, uh, you know, you are treating COVID-19 patients with vaccines, you are doing PCR tests on them, you are, uh, you're not, you're basically refusing anybody that's saying they have a vaccine injury, you're not acknowledging it, if you do, here's your stack of paperwork that, you know, you can fill out, and we know doctors don't like to fill out paperwork, that's why they have nurses to do that for them, right? Um, so it's a total indoctrination, they were prepped, uh, and they're like, you know, a lot of them have this godlike complex, mm. you know, exactly you're saying, oh, where is your PhD? I'm the doctor, you know, yeah, you're yeah. just the nurse or you're, you're just the layperson, mm. right? But it's just common sense, actually. Yeah, but I guess you can even put that down to like, you know, the, uh, such a need, isn't there, for having TV programs like ER and like casualty here in the UK, where, you know, they show, it's all drama, isn't it? So it's like just 
reaffirming that status, isn't it, of the doctor to everybody. And if yeah. it's just little, little things like that. Um, and it, again, the, the financial side of it is clear and obvious to see, especially like here in England when, you know, we know they were getting paid like things like £12 something for every jab they give. And all of a sudden, you can't get an appointment for an ingrown toenail, mm-hmm. you know, because Dr. Jones isn't making any money out of like looking at your toenail, but he is out of putting, sticking a jab in your arm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very obvious. Yeah, it's, it's such a conflict of interest the way that the physicians are getting paid. It's like they work on commission, mm. right? So when it comes down to it, you know, if you want to make money, you just pump people through and, and you, you chase the money, right? Yeah, so. making them return customers the whole time, aren't they? And that's what they've done with these, with these jabs because mm-hmm. so many people have now got serious problems with them. But at the same time, the same people who are administering any of this stuff are refusing to make any recollection between the injuries and the jabs themselves because they don't want that accountability. Correct. And they're scared of losing their money. Correct. Uh, and they know what they've done is wrong. Like, they know they're guilty. Correct. And it's the same in every country. Yeah, and some people can be bought, and we've been able to see who can be bought. Mm. And I believe at one point, you know, that won't, that won't hold up for that individual any mm. longer. Because yeah. you can only live a lie for so long before you're exposed. And I think that's what we're doing. We're just bringing light uh, to all these lies, right? Mm. And we're just looking at straight in the eye and saying, I see you. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I guess... Um, Every well, majority of Canadians now are like that with just Justin Trudeau. Do you see him being around much longer? I hope not. I hope not. But so we're you know we're we're we're, we're approaching election here in the next few years, if not sooner. I do believe that the voting system is completely rigged. Like, so, like America, similar setup. Like America. So even if the people say Justin Trudeau, we want you out, and that we want this person in, um, it's going to be completely rigged. So it's just an agenda that they've set for themselves. So I do see, you know, a full-on, uh, much bigger revolution that's already happening, going to happen. Do you think that will be uh, that will be shown the way via the midterms in the U.S.? I think November is going to be a turning point for the whole world. Yeah, yeah. I do as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I hope so as well. And that, you know, I I, I emphasise it quite a lot about how important it is to, to pay attention to what's going on in the United States because it's going to create such a tipping point between what goes on in the world. Um, you know, that along with, you know, the monarchy here in the UK, uh, between those two, it's just, it, whatever happens will create a huge shift in dynamic of where we go in the world, I reckon, do you? Yeah, you know, and, 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 and in my circle, you know, the monarchy here, we want nothing more to do with it. Mm. We're really done, and we have no more respect for the Queen. Mm. I mean, a lot of countries have pulled away from the Commonwealth recently, like in the Caribbean and other Commonwealth nations. And yeah. uh, again, I think it's all by design, you know. So it's like, I guess, limiting damage, um, and it's it's the right thing. I mean, Canadians don't need to be governed or overseen by a, a UK monarchy at all. No, no, no country does. You know, the, the province that I'm working in right now, Alberta, is where I did my training. I'm living right now in Calgary, Alberta. There's a huge separatist movement, movement happening. We want to break away from Canada. We want to become, you know, the Republic of Alberta. Oh, wow. um, so there's, there's a huge push for that because mm. basically well, Alberta is so rich in, in natural resources, is, yeah. you know, oil and gas. And we give a lot of money, you know, billions away to Ottawa to basically, you know, spend it on you know, foreign, foreign uh, activities when we really should be keeping that money in our own province and helping our own people. 
But then you've also you've got the big British Army training area there as well. Obviously, been there several times myself. Um, you know, that's they heavily got their foot in the door there as well in, in Alberta. You know, well, we'd still like to see you guys. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm I'm sure the uh, the guys and girls you know won't say no to the trip either. There's not many people, British people, I don't don't love that part of the world. Yeah, I see our military walking around with with you know double masks on and gloves, and uh, it doesn't make me feel very good. Yeah, I mean just seeing it myself, you know, I've explained to yourself, and as I know a lot of viewers know this story about my grandfather being Canadian infantry, he was the second man to land on Juno Beach, he was craft hit the beach first, and. Um, to, you know, to know all those stories and I've been on a tour of where he actually fought through and where he actually finished the war, you know, to see everyone go through all that um, and go to the Canadian and British Memorial in the New Forest every year, you know, to remember these troops, it's really sad to see just like what has happened to the military in, in Canada and here and how it's, they're being used, used as puppets and well, just how the troops use as puppets in general. Um, it's, you know, it's quite sad to see, you know, from a personal level, what's happening in Canada. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think all the systems right now are breaking down, which, you know what, that means what's in the future is, is growth, is, is fresh, right? So beauty yeah. from ashes. And I think, you know, witnessing everything from agriculture to the military to healthcare to education, you know, break down and crumble is, you know, not, not the not the worst thing because that means we're just going to have an opportunity to rebuild and we're, we're about solutions, right? Yeah, and, and this is all that's got to be moving forward. I think, we, you know, despite what's happened and, you know, it's great that we're highlighting what's happened in Canada it has been terrible. Um, same in New Zealand, some of the ridiculous things they've had to go through there and what people are generally trying to do to just to stick a jab in the kid's arm. Um, it's horrendous, you know, and I, I think a lot of this is exposing all the different sector, sectors and uh, and, and within every country around the world, a place that we don't want to live in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, I, I want to just highlight right now our our law right now. The the law system in Canada, in my opinion, is run by the Freemasons, mm. right? From the judges to a lot of the corrupt lawyers. You know, prime example. I was taken to court February of twenty twenty one, and I didn't I, I didn't support vaccination of my children. Okay. My, my ex-husband did. He took me to court and said, look at my unvaxxed uh, ex-wife who doesn't support getting her children vaccinated. So from that, I got my full um, custody taken away. I got, I got my legal rights as a mother taken away because I wouldn't vaccinate my children. Mm. So that is not a normal, you know, that, that's, that's not a normal, you know, um, outcome. Mm. And I'm not the only healthcare professional who's been targeted like that, right? If you read the affidavit, you'll see, you know, me participating in, you know, the Ottawa convoy, trucker convoy from afar, or, you know, me holding up a sign at the hospital saying, you know, pro-choice or don't vaccinate your kids, right? So we're, everything is being highlighted where the corruption is. And, you know, there's a big, huge move to do uh, sovereignty, common law, natural law in Canada. Mm, so yeah, same thing, yeah. So, and again, I love seeing the, the same timelines, you know, and, and people thinking the same thing. So we're all heading in the same direction. Yeah. And, and do you know, you know, just goes to show you the power of uh, community and standing up for what's right, because a, a very, very large percentage of those truckers, for example, in the convoys were vaccinated themselves, mm -hmm. had to be to like 
going and out of yeah. you know, Canada to the United States. Yeah. So it's not about medical status, it's about like, you know, what it is, which is pure tyranny in draconian measures yeah. on, our, on the free population of Canada, UK, United States, Australia and everywhere else that this has actually happened. Yeah, and that's what we're highlighting, you know, your body, your choice, you know, pro-choice. If, you know, if you wanted to get the vaccine, go for it. If you didn't, well, that should have been your right. The, the line was really crossed when, when the mandates, you know, came down. There was a huge uproar and it destroyed a lot of relationships, marriages, the rate of divorce is on the rise. Um, it, it hurt people's mental health, the trauma of it. We have a, the rate of suicide has gone up and self-harm, mm. depression. Um, so, you know, I, I believe the tyranny, the point of the tyranny was to, you know, destroy the, the, the core of the family, which destroys the community, which destroys the country. Mm-hmm. So it's been recognized and there's been, you know, um, an opportunity to try to say, how can we fix this? Yeah, and I think we can see that in all, all our countries um, through mass immigration, um, you know, they've literally been letting floodgates open. So even now, there's a lot of people right now questioning the amount of fighting age males that are just coming over in dinghies, yeah. supposedly. Supposedly. To England. Yeah. But uh, we only ever see pictures of them on the boat, <laughs> at the dock, all wearing masks. Mm-hmm. So obviously that in itself is exposing a sheer problem that's happening. And something like 1,300 just this week or so, or so have come across and they're being they're staying in hotels and it's all being paid for and they're doing training so again this is all highlighting something really not good so for the benefit of the people you know we haven't talked about this before but but angel a lot of your stories are exactly the same stories that we talk about in canada mm. so what you just told me we talk about that too mm. so it's uh, I, I haven't seen it but you know we, we but then if you look at say uh, what happened with isis and Syria, for example, were just displaced, obviously, refugees all across Europe. Mm-hmm. And now you're looking at Sweden as the rape capital of Europe. Like, when would you ever thought that would be a thing? Right. Um, but, like you're saying, displacing the family household within and communities. But even if you go back to how we used to spend every Sunday at our nan and granddad's, yeah. having Sunday dinner with all the cousins and aunties and uncles, but now that never happens anywhere. Yeah. And then in your own household, the parents are downstairs watching Netflix, well, the kids are upstairs on TikTok, Xbox, stuff like that. So it's even within the, their own household, yeah. it's a targeted attack. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> technology, right? The, the the infiltration of, you know, our, our handheld devices mm-hmm. has separated, you know, the most, you know, closest of family members. And that's, that's another huge addiction that a lot of people struggle with, right? Time, yeah. time on that handheld device. Yeah, especially when, especially when um, these the very people that have created all this chaos are the ones that have created the division, and then if you then use social media to fuel that, so let's use like vaxxed and unvaxxed for example, it's a lot easier for somebody who's decided to take the vaccine to sit behind their phone on their thumbs and have an argument with you than right. it will be to their face because right. if it's your face they've got to speak their, their truth from here yeah. but it's easier to parrot what your doctor or a TV doctor yeah. or a scientist is supposedly saying on Facebook than it is to obviously do that face to face and guarantee it would be a completely different outcome. Yeah. Well, I, I think there's a push from you know the, the World Economic Forum and, and the World Health Organization and basically just you know uh, the cabal 
to dehumanize people, right? So create that disconnect. Um, you know, human connection and love is such a powerful thing. Mm. So, you know, the evil doesn't want to see the good prevail. So they're going to try to destroy the connection between mm. human beings and your, and your soul, mm. right? So we see a lot of people, even in my family, who have taken the vaccine. We'll just get to that. There seems to be a disconnect between, you know, their mind and their heart. Mm. And, uh, you know, personality changes, character changes. Oh, that's massively. Like, massively. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, you know, this whole experience is, you know, what is it to be human? And how do we get back to being a human? And mm. I think a lot of us, when this came on, we, we, we started working on an instinctive level. Something in our instincts wasn't right. And we went into maybe a survival mode. Mm. So we're, we're trying to fight for, you know, the human race at the moment. Yeah, yeah. And, and to not, obviously it's something I talk about a lot at the, at the moment where people are, especially those who are on a real spiritual journey, um, and it is an essence of remembering who you are, right? Mm. And a lot of this, uh, whether it's the tests or the, the vaccinations, both of those things have been designed to stop you from achieving that. That's right. At a sort of um, at a spiritual level, because this is we are in a spiritual war, like have been for some time. Yeah. You know, people who have no idea or don't see that, um, you only need to look around you to work out it's very much good versus bad, dark versus light. That's you right. At a fundamental level, because all of this has been attack, an attack on the human consciousness and our abilities to actually work out and understand who we are and what we can actually achieve and the disconnection from source. Okay. So, so all of this has been to try and stop mass connection from source. That's right. And then you do that via fear, splitting family household up, mm-hmm. putting everyone on, you know, into a system where you've got to earn a living. Mm-hmm tax everyone and everything mm-hmm. to keep you in that system. Mm-hmm. But people are now very much waking up to this because of the whole pandemic, as you call it. Yeah. So, I mean, the blessing in disguise, the great awakening, right? The, the, I, I find that there's a tribe within this, the matrix. People who are getting out of the matrix are finding each other. And, you know, right from the very beginning, I, I, I had this saying, know who your tribe is. So, you know, I went from my house to my community, to my province, to my country. Now, you know, I've stepped out of my country and I feel like I can walk into any community around the globe and know who my, my family is. Mm. It's, it's a very, you know, great time to be alive. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think as well, um, because we have blood family and we're always told family or everything, you know, that word family actually stretches a lot further. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's a lot of people watching now that be like, yeah, I know exactly what we're talking about because they're feeling it and they've probably felt it since its strongest in the last year mm-hmm. where you suddenly be magnetised to people who are on the same frequency and vibration as you. Yeah. And then you're just naturally coming together. Yeah. And it's like, you don't really want to be around any, any other type of frequency or vibration because if it's low, it's all very negative, fear-based. That's and right. stuff like that. And we're going to a much higher place. So I think that's, you know, a good message for people would be to find, seek out those high vibrations and stay there. Yeah. Yeah. Once, once you go, once you ascend, you know, you'll know when you're down again and you just try to get back up. Right. And, and it is, you know, who you align yourself with, who you, who you surround yourself with. And, uh, and maybe your immediate family like, aren't those people. And it's like that initial feeling Mm-hmm. sometimes it's nice but if you understand why 
mm-hmm. and you start understanding like who you are and what your purpose is, you'll see you'll see you're just not aligned with them people, and that's okay. I think there is something that we're going to continue to find out. You know, we're going to continue to to, to discover who we really are and and how our DNA really is connected. Mm. Yeah, and that, again, that, that's another thing, isn't it? If you take it down to an attack on us, it's an attack on our DNA. Yeah. And that's what they've wanted all this time. That's why they're so adamant with the PCR tests. That's right. Because it's just collecting people's DNA. That's, that's all right. it is. That's right. You know, and I've often thought, what do they do with all those vials of blood at the hospital that they collect from you? Or when you're first born, you know, you get a heel poke right away. What do they do with that blood? Mm. Uh, you know, what do they do with the placenta um, that's full of rich nutrients from mom? Mm. You know, it always gets cut too early in the hospital. Yeah, so thank you for bringing that up. It's like you read my mind. And uh, I <laughs> so I, I, I'm learning and I've learned, you know, in such a fantastic way because, you know, we've done a home birth already. Uh, out of the hospitals because moms don't want to be in you know, hospitals anymore they want to be at home so we're supporting them at home um, as healthcare providers but um, the last uh, delivery that we did the placenta um, and the umbilical cord stayed attached to baby and mom for five hours wow. five hours so you know if you think about it all that blood and all that amazing nutrients that then in, in that placenta mm. if you cut it right away it doesn't get to the baby mm. right and that's why we see babies that are you know, flat and the color that they are and, and, and probably not the best start of life, right? So we let you know, the placenta be continue to stay attached for five hours. That baby is so plump and healthy and happy and then it benefits the mom too because she's not bleeding for the next two weeks, mm-hmm. right? So again, this is the medicine that you know, we're identifying you know, where, where the corruption is. is. So yeah, it so starts from birth. Yeah, in a hospital, and like I've, I've talked about it recently, you literally cut uh, the cords cut early. Usually the onus is then put on the dad if they want to do it. Yeah. So they do it. The baby's like literally taken away, washed up, everything, given a vitamin K jab for something that's like one in three million risk or something like yeah. that. Uh, and that, that journey's already starts. Then you have obviously the issue with the whole birth certificate. Uh, yeah. Situation which you know, same in your country is is here in the states. Um, which is that's why that adamant for you to be born in the hospitals, isn't it? So, just a little pointer for for parents uh, who who whether you're delivering in the hospital or at home, have the dad catch the baby first. The first hands that should go on the baby are the mom or the dad, not the doctor, because basically when the doctor catches baby, you're giving permission. To hand over your baby to the crown, mm. right? And then you have the whole birth certificate and write what we're trying to get out of right now in our trusts, right? Mm. So that's a whole other awesome topic. But uh, for for all you you know pregnant you know moms out there um, or to be, make sure you know keep the keep the cord you know in a healthy birth, keep the cord uh, attached, and have the dad be the first one to catch the baby. That's your child. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Sorry, sweetheart, I don't have to worry about that information. <laughs> uh, but, for, but for those who are planning children in the future, yeah. amazing advice. Which but, it make, but it makes sense, that's the thing. Actually, it? Make, it just yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Which we do really need to populate. So everybody, you know, get your, get your repopulation gear on and let's go, right? Because yeah. we are seeing a massive amount of deaths. You know, I'm a nurse and I treat vaccine injuries. Mm-hmm. So once I stepped out of the... the the corrupt medical system. I moved away from my college. I started something called Ezra Wellness, and it's basically 
on the principles of do no harm, disease prevention and health promotion. Mm. So, um, and elimination of all vaccines, you know, period. So, um, so not, yes, it's just all of them. Done. Like we need to be done with all the vaccines. I, you know, I, I believe that, um, the vaccines have been slowly, well, slowly but rapidly picking up pace in our society to make them normal. Mm. Um, and then when the COVID-19 vaccine came on scene, I think that's why everybody was so programmed to not even think about, you know, sitting down and let, let somebody you know, put something in your body. You don't even know what it is. Like how trusting were, were Canadians, right? Just to say, yeah, here you go. I don't know what it is, but just go but for it's, it. It's just deep level programming because like, as I mentioned before, it all starts from when you're even a baby, you're born in hospital. Yeah. Um, and then it's like you need to come back for all these different boosters and you get like a vaccine book yeah. which in the UK the NHS ones are just full of Illuminati symbols right um, and it's just like it just does not stop you know it's just in your face um, and then then they turn around and they're like oh little Johnny's got autism little Sarah's ADHD all this kind of stuff and there's plenty of studies out there that obviously link the two together from an early age but I guess even down to the fact, you know, your, your umbilical cord being cut too early, you're not getting those full nutrients that you're supposed to get. You know, that adds to all those elements of, of further conditions down the line, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, and not only are the autism, I was seeing like these new diagnoses of autism and um, all these childhood diagnoses, but the rates of cancers have just skyrocketed, mm. right? So I believe there's a correlation between the amount of vaccines that people are getting and the rate of cancers that are going up. Mm. So I think if we eliminate the vaccines, we're going to see a lower rate of cancer, right? Well, yeah, but um, it, it just comes down to simplicity, really. They reckon one in two in the UK will get cancer. Yeah. But I asked the question the other week, I was like, well, our human bodies haven't changed for hundreds of years. So if we're now one in two in cancer, <laughs> what's changed? Yeah. Exactly. So you just got to look at the, the, the variables of actually what's been introduced. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously pharmaceuticals companies have got a big part to play in this, as well as food. Um, but again, it's just like if you wanted to suppress a species, being humans, how do you do it? You attack the very things that they need to keep them at their best self. Yeah, it's it's the medical model, right? Create a problem mm. and then create a solution that creates more problems, yeah. right? So that's the pharmaceutical model yeah right so i mean we, we've seen the corruption in the in the pharmaceutical industry um i mean let's talk about ivermectin for example this is you know a a, a simple cheap plant-based medicine that should be readily available it it actually helps people with you know uh, infections and skin conditions and you know it's been shown to do lots of amazing things well it's actually almost banned in canada you know, doctors are being fired for prescribing ivermectin to somebody that's sick in the hospital. Mm. For example, Dr. Daniel Nagassi, best physician on the planet, fired from his ICU in Alberta for prescribing ivermectin. Mm. Right? So we're the, the one Nobel Prizes. The one that won Nobel Prizes, yeah, in Japan, right? So like at Ezra we, we readily supply ivermectin. Why? Because it's safe, effective. And it should be on, you know, every grocery store's shelf for, you know, for free. Mm. Um, so pharmaceutical, like, they, they are the, the organized gangsters, right, mm. of, of this whole mess. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. We can just see the control they have, like, you know, it's not even just within the pharmaceutical industry. has control over governments, mm-hmm. everything. Um, I mean, you only have to look at, like, the, uh, I think there's some African nations, leaders and that that was taken out, you know, refused to roll out 
pharmaceuticals in their country. So it's just going to show you the power that uh, they have or try to yield on, uh, on us human beings. But you know, I truly believe that the, uh, the fight back is very much within our power now. Um, you know, Pfizer have to release all these documents constantly, which is just showing the sheer devastation from the trial periods mm. of what these vaccinations have had, especially on pregnant people and, and the babies. I think it's just, and that's why we do what we do, mm. right? We continue to, you know, get first-hand information and just deliver it and continue to spread the word. And, and, you know, we are one body. This tribe around the world is one. And we're just getting stronger. And we're really just getting started, too. Mm. Well, it's absolutely fabulous to have you on the show today. I hope you enjoyed it. It's been uh, an absolute pleasure to share your message. As I said, first Canadian... Uh, on the show, so it's an absolute honour for me, mm. obviously with, uh, with my background as well, for you to share your story. Um, and I guess it just highlights uh, the sheer greed and chaos uh, and just evil that's been you know, compounded upon us, not just us, but obviously like millions all the way around the world over the last couple of years. Mm. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, like, it can't be forgotten because this has destroyed our kids' mental health, people's lives. Um, you know, to, to no end, and you know, I just want to really stress the importance of people spreading that message and showing people the information because that's at the end of the day, we're just sharers. You know, we're just sharing information with people if they choose not to look at it, it's up to them. But, you know, but there's been a bigger, darker agenda here, ladies and gents, not just in UK, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, the United States, and, uh, and wider Europe. Um, so, I really hope that a lot of you are wising up to what's going on at the moment and has done for the last few years to get us to this point and why we're talking about the things that we're talking about. Um, is there any message that you'd love to share? You know, first of all, it's been a pleasure to be in England. You guys are hardcore, I would say. Uh, I, I participated in a rally in Bournemouth and you guys sure know how to rally and march. Uh, there's a spirit here that is super attractive and I know it's radiating across the planet. I can see it, it's huge light. So that was really encouraging for me and I was really well connected right away. So that tribal family, I really appreciate what you do, AJ, because without you giving people like me a platform, you know, I don't have a voice, so mm -hmm. you give me a voice. So thank you for doing what you're doing and we're all working within our skill set, and um, we're, we're just sharing that with the world. And I know there's, there is, wherever I go, there's very, you know, for example, very little ego and pride, there's only wanting to help and being just this humble servant of the creator. So I thank you know you and all of you know the UK for what you guys have been doing. We see you in Canada. Amazing, love it. Um, and where can people find you if they want to get in touch? If there's anything they want to share? Or... Yeah, so I just have a website, um, www.ezrawellness.ca, E-Z-R-A, wellness.ca. Uh, you can find me and my contact there. And, you know, I'm basically, my role now, after, you know, being, you know, eliminated from, from the corrupt medical system, uh, I'm actually honoured to be out. It's, it's, it's been a journey to get out, but I'm doing health advocacy, and I still do patient care, but my passion is healthcare reform, and to see, you know, something new being built with, uh, and collaborate with the team. We have the A-team, you know, across the globe. We couldn't pick this team if we tried. So, um, yeah, just continue to, to work together. So, EzraWellness.ca, and uh, let's uh, continue to connect. Amazing, thank you. Guys and girls, I hope you loved today's show. If you did, please share it with as many people as you can. 
Uh, it's you guys that are helping the sharing of getting this information out there that uh, is the, you know, the big win. Um, so it really matters, just every single share. Um, as I mentioned previous podcasts, uh, you'll find a lot of videos on Rumble. I'm actually going to be not streaming them on Facebook anymore. Um, they're constantly banning me and I'm not going to keep putting the videos up there for them to just then show everybody ads. Um, so you find this video on Rumble to my, my Telegram channel uh, and please do share. But from us, do take care and I'll see you again very, very soon on the AJ Roberts Show.